and welcome to the SSNC Alps Advisors 14er podcast. I'm Paul Bayaki, Chief ETF Strategist at SSNC Alps Advisors, joined by Warren Beth, Equity Strategist on our multi asset research team. Welcome, Warren. How are you doing? I'm good, Paul. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to talk about this. This is an exciting topic for me, something that I think is really compelling in the context of 2023 and the the current market environment. But before we dig into the dividend piece that you wrote, I got to make mention of the fact that you titled it Dividends Rule Everything Around Me, an ode to the Wu-Tang Clan, perhaps my favorite rap album of all time. And in fact, the first rap album I ever had was the... Enter the 36 Chamber CD, my first CD as well. So big day for me. Yeah, no, yeah, big Wu Tang fan here too. So, okay, so before we dig into the ins and outs of of why dividends are important and historically their contribution to the total return profile of an equity portfolio, I want to talk about the idea of a regime change because I do think it sets the stage for what we're going to talk about. And the idea of the market environment and some of the most important market dynamics evolving and those evolutions not necessarily being tactical in nature, but perhaps even more secular in nature, whether it's the next 10, 15, or 20 years, and specifically how that regime chain change underscores the importance for dividends. Yeah, I would say when we're talking about regime change, the two biggest factors that really both work hand in hand is the change in Fed policy and the rise in the interest rates. Um, we are no longer in an accommodative loosening cycle by the Fed with the expansion of money flowing into the system with QE and low interest rates. So when I say the regime has changed, this is what I'm talking about. Interest rates are much higher than they were over the past decade, going from 0% to around 5% very quickly, and the Fed is in a much tighter posture. In essence, they have taken the punch bowl away. And so the things that we, that we saw work in the last regime should not be expected to work in this regime. I like to say that you wouldn't expect the same animals that thrive in a rainforest to also thrive in a desert. It's the same thing. The regime has changed and the ecosystem has changed. So that's really what we're talking about when we're talking about the regime change. I like that analogy, and I think it's a nice segue into the idea that over the course of the past 10, 15 years, or perhaps even going back further, we've seen persistent outperformance of growth versus value. And the total return of your stock market portfolio has been driven, perhaps in a way that isn't reflective of traditional norms, by price appreciation as opposed to compounded dividend returns. And Ultimately, that feels like a departure from what we know about stocks, at least historically. First of all, is that true? Have we seen that type of outperformance of growth versus value? And has it led to a bigger contribution of of price return relative to dividends? And perhaps more importantly, is that typical historically? Yeah, I would say that's a fairly accurate statement. Um, the distinction being that this cycle really started in the, late, in the early 1980s with the continuous decline of interest rates from a very high point. Um, so we see that prior to 1981, the median, median dividend yield was just below 5%, whereas since 1981, the median dividend yield over this time period has been just under 2% and steadily declining over that time period. So what has happened is that as interest rates decline, long-duration assets incrementally get rewarded as a function of the discounted cash flow valuations. Um, without going too far down this rabbit hole, as discount rates decline, cash flows in the future gain value. And stocks are generally considered long-duration assets with discounted cash flows far into the future. 
Um, so that's one thing that's happening. And at the at the the second thing that's happening is really the financialization of the balance sheet that's added to this price appreciation versus dividend appreciation. And really what this is, is this is companies taking on more debt to fuel buybacks. And buybacks incrementally make more and more sense with lower and lower interest rates. Or, or I should say the use of debt to fuel buybacks makes more sense as interest rates decline. Um, so as this happens, uh, we have companies repurchasing more of their own shares, which leads to more price appreciation alongside the price appreciation that just comes from the mechanics of the discounted cash flow valuations. And so if you put all this together, you get growthier, long duration stocks really benefit, benefiting from the current environment over value shorter duration stocks. And in tandem, the market boosting stock price returns over dividend returns during this time period. So this last time period that we just went through of declining interest rates where price appreciation really uh, outraced, outpaced uh, dividend appreciation is distinct in that if you look at longer time periods for the stock market, what you'll see is that mainly returns are made up of dividend reinvested returns as opposed to price appreciation. And this is largely because, you know, something like price appreciation is 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 mostly fueled by valuation change and valuation change over the long term is mean reverting. So as you go longer and longer in time, it's added value uh, moves closer and closer towards zero as opposed to something like dividend growth and dividend reinvesting and earnings growth, those are compounding. So over the longer time periods, they compound and become, you know, really what, what make up the bulk of your total returns over any long-term time period. Yeah, so in, in some ways, you've got the the two dynamics or two knock-on effects of the low interest rate environment that contributed to price appreciation being so meaningful. First and foremost is multiple expansion that we've seen, especially acute in certain sectors, which are big weights in in the market portfolio, whether it's the S&P 500 or the Russell 1000 or choose your benchmark of choice. And to your point, the financialization of the balance sheet. And so because the interest rate environment we were in for the past 10 years or so enabled some of that corporate behavior and at the same time was reacted to by market participants in the form of higher multiples. Now that we're in an environment where interest rates are likely to be higher for a period that isn't necessarily just a year or two, as maybe the market is trying to anticipate now, all of a sudden, the math on on where your return comes from changes, and in theory, your allocation to the market, specifically your equity portfolio, needs to adapt as well. Getting back to that analogy you made about animals and organisms living in different environments, and so to that end, is it as simple as saying you need to buy a high dividend portfolio or a dividend growth portfolio, or is it important to take a more nuanced approach looking at other factors alongside the dividend factor when trying to perhaps reallocate your equity portfolio to reflect this regime change? Yeah, well, I, I would say as, you know, to take the last scenario or the last decade in reverse um, with interest rates going up, as opposed to favoring long duration assets with interest rates going down, we are now favoring short duration assets as interest rates climb. So, you know, that really, you know, dividends we consider the shortest duration of equities possible as they are actually returning cash to you over, you know, given time period. But you know, the other ways to think about that would be low multiple stocks, low valuation stocks that, uh, you know, whose bulk of their valuations made up by their book value, um, tangible assets, those sorts of things. So 
Yes, dividends, um, we see that as the, the most obvious choice in terms of low duration um, in the form of equities. Uh, the other side of that would also be, you know, these, these low valuation stocks, uh, as opposed to ones that are more dependent on growth for over long time periods for their valuation. One of the points you made in your paper, or one of the things that you exhibited, is this idea that not only are compounded dividends responsible for an important, if not outsized, component of your total return over time, the, the nature the risk of those returns is also significantly different. The volatility of compounded dividend returns versus price returns over time is significantly lower. Is that a, a fair articulation of, of the point within the context of this push-pull between price return and, and compounded dividends? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, and a lot of that is is you know, companies that issue dividends is it, they generally continue to issue dividends. Um, they it's almost like a cult status of you know we're, we issue dividends and so we're going to do them forever into the future as much as we can. And so what you get there is your dividend return being very low volatility because of that. So generally, companies either grow their dividend or maintain a stable dividend. And so cuts to the dividend would would be the downside of that um but it ha it's it's rarer and rarer um because of this cult like status um or or you know general following behind dividends and 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 how people perceive them and how management perceives them so you have this very low volatility in actually receiving the dividend and if the bulk of your total returns are from your dividend because you're a dividend paying company it's it just implies lower volatility in your stock returns yeah, and I think it's interesting because when you think about buybacks versus dividends, and we've been in an environment where buybacks have been a very popular way to return capital to shareholders over the course of the past 10 years, either financed through debt or otherwise, the reality is is that the manifestation of the trade-off between a dividend policy and a buyback policy is the lower volatility of compounded dividends versus price return in some ways, because it's easy to authorize a buyback. It's easy to implement all, not easy, but it's, it's more straightforward to implement a buyback and an authorized buyback. And it's not as much to your point of a long-term commitment because dividends are typically entrenched in terms of capital deployment and capital structure. And companies are very, very hesitant to cut a dividend and to abandon a dividend policy much more so than they might be to suspend a buyback or taper a buyback authorization. And I think the two are related in that way, just in terms of the behavioral aspect of it. And I thought that was an interesting part of the overall dividend story that you've laid out beyond dividends being so important as a driver of total return historically, dividend compounding over time being lower volatility than price return historically, but also why that is and and how that evolves over time. So let's tie it all back into portfolio construction and, and think about, okay, if, if the bogey for your core equity allocation is the S&P 500 or some cap-weighted benchmark as that sort of equity market measurement tool and as the core building block for your equity allocation, is there a case to be made for replacing that as your core equity exposure and replacing it with a quality dividend approach or to augment it with an equity income strategy? Yeah, I believe there is a case to be made. And this goes back to our conversation about regime change. Uh, the S&P 500 is a market cap weighted index um, that at this point is optimized to the last growth year regime that we are currently moving away from. 
And we can see this in the heavily weighted technology sector or technology regulated growth names that dominate the index. If you're using the S&P 500 index as a passive exposure to the market, you may not realize that you're act actually making a very active bet towards growth stocks. And so as we switch into a new regime in which the higher rising interest rates favor shorter duration assets, you need to understand that the S&P needs to reorient itself or re-optimize to the new status quo. And this can be a very slow and painful process. So as I said before, dividends offer the shortest duration equities you can hold. They're returning cash to you regularly. And so we believe that a quality dividend exposure should be your core equity exposure going forward, at least while in this same or in this higher interest rate regime. Uh, consider that the S&P is currently yielding a historically low dividend yield, which tells us that rarely before have investors had lower exposure to dividends. And that is happening when we believe they need this exposure the most. So the environment has changed. We are no longer living in a 0% interest rate free money rainforest that the S&P is currently built to exploit. And we are now living in the higher interest rate tight money desert. And we think that a quality dividend core equity holding is the best way to adapt to this environment. Yeah, that's well said. And, and I think there's different frameworks for for valuing equities but one of the most basic and widely followed of course is the dividend discount model and if you don't pay a dividend it's very difficult to value a stock and i think that is representative of sort of the departure of some of these core economic and and market principles that have guided investors for so long that date back so far and reflect the ongoing evolution of the market and perhaps this regime change that you touched on. And I think this was a, a fascinating conversation, really good work, Warren. I enjoyed it and I enjoyed digging into it. And I'm looking forward to an ongoing series from the multi-asset research team talking about different ac asset classes and some of the research considerations that are going into our multi-asset research team's framework. So thanks again, Warren. Yeah, thanks, Paul. Thanks for having me on.